Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. I am glad that you're here for another episode of the Homecoming Podcast, and we have a poem for today. If you would like to send in a poem or vows to yourself, you can send them to me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. That's homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. And today's poem is from Timothy Young. And while Tim has shared poetry in the past uh, within their community, this will be the first time sharing this particular poem. And I am so thankful for it. It is called A Single Smile. A single smile can change the world if it travels far and wide, but a smile can't move a single mile if it's locked away inside. A lonely laugh still lights the sky on the cloudiest of days, but a laugh that's lost might have its day both cold and cloaked in gray. A warm embrace can crack the ice, thaw a soul chilled to the core. If arms weren't made to wrap and squeeze, I'm not sure just what they're for. A whispered word can calm the storm and silence the thunder's boom. Softly spoken words can soothe all heartbeats in the room. While anger and frustration speaks inside and must be heard, just sit and listen to it, but never weave it in your words. Those thoughts that scale or bring despair have played their part through life. But fight or flight through day and night will also lead to strife. A single fear can signal that a heart has grown too heavy. But tears draw near the ones who pay the tax that love can levy. All the things that we all think, the anxious and the sad, showcase the range of our emotions from the happy to the mad. What's true of you, of who you are and your identity, to see your weakness shows your strength, the kind that'll set you free. Yes, Timothy. Yes, I love this. It is so true that it takes strength for us to really be able to acknowledge our weaknesses, our growth areas, to make room for the full range of our emotions to know uh, that oftentimes we are holding back, oftentimes we are holding back our emotions, whether our laughter, our smiles, our tears. And a part of this homecoming is getting to the place where we are not locked in or locked down, but really uh, liberated to feel, to express, to acknowledge, to confront, to communicate. Uh, and this is an important aspect of our healing. And so, Timothy, thank you so much for sharing your poem with us. It is very timely. 
as we think about today, growing through feedback, growing through feedback. And it is important for each of us to be teachable. It is important for our growth, our healing, our recovery, our launching, to be able to hear feedback, uh, constructive criticism, input, to be able to calm ourselves so that we can really digest when people want to share information with us about something we have said or done or how we have made people feel or something we need to work on. This is a necessary, a fundamental component to growth. If no one can tell me anything, it will really uh, mean that I will stay in the condition, in the mindset, in the life that I am in right now. If I am not equipped emotionally to take feedback, it will result in people not telling me anything and then confirming my false belief that everything is fine. So a part of emotional intelligence, emotional maturity, emotional growth is being able to hear, receive, digest, apply feedback instead of responding automatically with anger or shutting down. And there are different strategies that uh, some of us have used to create a wall and to try to ensure that no one gives you feedback. And uh, you want to reflect for yourself, what are the verbal and nonverbal signals that you have given to people as a way of trying to perhaps protect yourself or protect your emotions that have closed the door to communication? And so some people, if, uh, uh, pe if others are trying to give them feedback, respond with such hostility um, such anger can become very eruptive and um, yelling, screaming, cursing. And of course, people don't want to have to deal with that, most people. And so it is giving people the message, you can't tell me anything. And some people will even say that line, right? You can't tell me, like, who are you? You can't tell me anything. And when that is your mantra, when that is your motto, then you want to also be aware you're saying, I am unwilling to grow. I am unwilling to be transformed. I am unwilling to hear another perspective other than my own. And when that is what we are saying, we are resigning ourselves to staying where we are. Yeah. So consider yourself, listen. Uh, as you hear these possibilities to think, what do you normally do? So some people, as I said, respond with um, anger and venom and yelling. Uh, some people do the emotional shutdown. So as soon as it becomes difficult or uncomfortable or something you don't want to hear, 
um, then you blank out, right? So you make it clear that you're not listening. Um, and we can do that in our silence. Or sometimes people will even say it. I'm not even listening to you, right? I'm not paying you any mind. So announcing that is a way of saying, don't tell me anything. Now, if you are doing that behavior in your personal life or your professional life, there is going to be a consequence, a ripple effect in terms of how people then relate to you. And so then sometimes we wonder, how come people are talking about me, but no one is talking to me, right? So when people are afraid to give you feedback, uh, sometimes we will blame the people, right? So if you, if you find yourself saying people must be weak or insecure, um, that they can't just tell me to my face, how come they won't tell me to my face? Right. It's one thing if that is one person. Um, but when that is showing up across your life by multiple people, it's important to reflect uh, what is the pattern that is happening that is leading people to experience me as unapproachable? What are the ways in which I am responding or communicating uh, that may be creating a wall? Um, or that are purposefully uh, combative, uh, aggressive, uh, intimidating, uh, because I don't want to hear anything anyone has to say unless it is praise. And um, when we are only able to hear praise and affirmation, it causes us to live a very limited life and have very... Um, narrow types of friendships and relationships, right? So, you know, when people are giving you feedback that might be hard to hear, do you respond with the hostility? Do you respond uh, with silence? Uh, do you respond with isolation, right? So sometimes as a way of either punishing the person or um, protecting yourself, then you say, you know, I can't be around them. I don't want to be around them. Uh, they're negative, right? So um, then people will get the message. If I ever get access to this person again, or if they ever open the door for friendship or relationship again, then I can only say um, compliments, right? If anything is bothering me, I cannot say it. If, if I do, this person will end the friendship or this person will break up with me or this person uh, will choose someone else over me. So uh, it really can be uh, controlling and a form of manipulation to get people to remain silent. And uh, you want to think about what kind of relationships, friendships, or work environment you are creating or contributing to if you have that wall up um, that keeps um, you from being able or willing to take in information. So as I come home to myself, I am more able to hear uh, what people think or feel or observe, even if it is different 
from what I think, feel, or observe, and whether I agree with it or not, um, I have to first hear it, reflect on it, digest it, consider it, right? And then I can make some determination. So some people, when they see this topic or you hear me talking, then, you know, your automatic thought is, well, people always want to tear me down. So, you know, I don't have time for that or that's negative or that's going to mess with my self-esteem. So you want to be careful about all or nothing thinking, right, or, or black or white thinking where things are extreme, that either um, no one can tell me anything or people are going to um, uh, treat me like a doormat and they're going to uh, run my life. There's a whole large middle ground between uh, being a doormat or having letting people run over you or disrespect you and not being able to take any feedback whatsoever. So I invite you to take breath and to consider the middle. I invite you to take breath and to reimagine what it would look like uh, to be open to considering other points of view beside your own. I would like to invite you to think about times in your life, and I hope there are some, where someone gave you feedback that you were not aware of before they said it, and it was actually helpful. I don't know how long you ago that was, how far you have to think back, um, but there are ways that feedback can be constructive, it can be illuminating, it can be helpful, it can be empowering, it can set us up for growth so that when we encounter a circumstance again, we have a different perspective or we have more insight. And so then we can respond in a different way that will be more effective, right? So I discover uh, again and again the importance of people being able to take feedback, both in my work as um, a professor and also in my work as a therapist, as a psychologist. Um, as a professor, I see the need to take feedback both on the side of the instructor and on the side of the students, right? So as an instructor, I'll say when I started teaching 20 years ago, uh, the end of the semester evaluations would be like the hardest thing to have to read, right? Because I'll tell you something about human nature is usually when people are pleased or they're neutral, they don't even fill out the evaluation, right? <laughs> when people are heated, when they're mad about something or when they didn't like their grade or whatever it is, they're going to be the first ones to, to fill out that evaluation and to send it in, right? <laughs> so when you first start off, especially if you're doing something you have a passion for, you you know, you spent all this time in education and now like you, you want to teach. Um, so to hear someone uh, or to read someone's complaint um, about an aspect of a course uh, can be very hard. And so initially, when you first start teaching, sometimes, you know, uh, new instructors will do the avoidance, right, of like, I don't want to even look at the evaluation because it's going to ruin my day, right? But an important piece about developing 
um, as a professor, as a teacher, as an instructor, is the uh, associate dean will at the end of the year have us write a self-assessment. And a part of the self-assessment is what is the feedback you got in the prior semester and how have you applied that to enhance your teaching now? Right. So, of course, if you're not opening these documents to know, like, what is the feedback and, you know, no matter if some people use over the top language, especially now that evaluations are online or even if some things, you know, feel very mean spirited, that there could also be some jewels there uh, of like something people enjoyed about another class that they wish was in this class or that some assignments were too close together or there wasn't a, a clear understanding of what the expectations were, then you can take that information and say, oh, okay, like I didn't realize that. So when I do it the next time, this is how I can improve it. Yes. So as a professor, it's important to be able to take feedback. And then for students, uh, it's important that they're able to take feedback. We have um, in our doctoral program something called a comprehensive exam where it's an oral exam and the students who are studying to be psychologists have to come in and tell us how they worked with a client. And then the faculty will give them feedback and ask them questions. And before the students go into this exam, I tell them a key part of the evaluation is, can you take feedback? You know, if you just get argumentative and defensive, then um, the message is you're not really ready to go out on internship because when you go out and represent our institution as an intern, then people... Uh, supervisors are going to tell you to fix things, to change things, to correct things. And if you just respond with hostility or believing you know better than everyone else, uh, people won't want to work with you, won't want to mentor you, won't want to supervise you, right? So uh, whatever role you find yourself in, whether you're in a leadership role or whether you're in a role as a, a supervisee or a trainee, uh, you want to be open so that you can continue to develop and to grow. So not only do I see this need to be able to take feedback uh, in the classroom, but also in the clinical arena uh, when I'm doing therapy with people, a big part of the um, initial stage and throughout is something called rapport building, which is just building relationship um, so that people can hear me, right? Meaning um, sometimes if people have had a lot of um, rejection in their life or have had a lot of trauma in their life, uh, they can have an underlying script uh, that no one respects me or no one likes me or I am not intelligent um, or people are out to hurt me, right? Or, you know, so whatever this script is. So if I'm walking around with that script and then I encounter someone who wants to tell me something, in some ways, you know, I increase the likelihood that people can hear my feedback as a therapist if they first understand that fundamentally as a person, I respect for them, I respect them 
and fundamentally, like I want them to win. I want this person to have a good life, right? So there is nothing um, that I am saying because I want to destroy you, right? That is not my aim. It's not my goal. It's not like to entertain myself or to break you down um, or to feed my ego. Like anything that I am sharing is because I am trying to help you uh, to see yourself, to heal, to grow, to live the life that you would desire to live. Yes. So, um, there are um, some clients who start off uh, being really in a place where they have dealt with so much that they're not ready to hear feedback. And so we really have to build the relationship so the trust can be there. So there may be times where I see something before I say the thing I see because I'm clear the person is not yet in a place where they can hear it, understand it, or receive it. Yes. And um, but it is an important goal, it's a necessary goal, right, for any kind of healing, recovery, transformation um, is to help people get to a place uh, where they can hear truth. Right. Because sometimes people will come in and they're complaining about other people or they're believing everyone else is doing something and not really in a place where they can see, you know, what was their role in it or how people may have interpreted or understood uh, the way they responded to a situation, right? So uh, it is therapeutic and transformative to be able to hear and to receive feedback, yes? So uh, the first thing I would encourage you to do after what I mentioned before, reminding yourself times that feedback, feedback has been helpful. And then uh, I invite you to consider um, perhaps not everyone, but many of the people who will give you feedback have good intentions, right? Because if I always respond to people like they are my enemy, or that they are out to get me, then it will block me from being able to take the feedback, right? So, you know, this is, you know, your sibling, your parent, uh, your partner, your, your spouse, uh, uh, your employer, right? And they're telling you something to not always assume that people are malicious in their intention. Right. So once I can shift to believe that some people, uh, many people are saying something because uh, they are trying to be helpful or they are trying to connect with you or they are trying to in a work setting for us to get to a, a better place and whatever it is we are trying to produce as a department. Um, or trying to give you feedback so you can write a better paper or so that you can be a better partner to them, right? Sometimes when partners will share something they want, uh, the person who is hearing it will say, well, none of my other partners said that. Well, that's not who you're with now, right? <laughs> this person who you're with now is letting you know how they like to communicate or the way in which they experience love, right? So uh, when they share that with you, it's not an attack on you. It is them sharing 
what they would appreciate, what they would love, what they would enjoy, what would make them feel more connected. Yes. So let us consider uh, the intentions or giving grace around what we believe people's intentions are. Then it is important to actively and uh, uh, continue to listen instead of shutting down. Uh, sometimes as soon as someone says, um, we need to talk, a lot of people say, I hate that, right? I hate that line, we need to talk, or I need to speak to you about something. Um, sometimes as soon as a person begins to share, uh, we either automatically start thinking about our rebuttal or our part of the argument, or we blank out and we're not listening at all, or we start brainstorming about all the things they have done to make us mad that we haven't shared yet. So as soon as they stop talking, I can now tell them all my complaints against them, having not heard a bit or reflected at all about what it is they were sharing with me, right? So it is important to actually try to hear what people are saying and uh, some of us, again, who are trauma survivors can get triggered by the emotion and so they, we miss the content. So you really want to try to focus in on the words, meaning some of you, if you can tell someone is angry with you, then either you get angry back or you get anxious that they're going to leave or you get fearful that it's going to be violent because of violence in your past. So um, then we're not actually hearing what is it this person is trying to say. So I invite you to acknowledge the emotion, you know, like, oh, this person is really mad at me or this person is very, another one, sometimes people shut down with tears, right? If the person is speaking to you is crying, some of us have difficulty sitting with people who are crying. So you can get uh, dismissive or you can uh, check out. And so, you know, I see this person is in tears or they're upset and, and I try to breathe, be present in the moment and really try to hear what is it they are saying to not get caught up in what is my history with people who are crying or what is my history with people who are angry. Like all of that will take me away from what is actually being said in this moment, right? And so to take breath, to try to make a decision to remain present, not just physically, but emotionally present and to really uh, try to hear, right? What is being said. Uh, as you are listening to what is being said and trying to digest it, it's important to remind yourself that there may be some uh, good points this person is making about something I need to work on. And that can be true. At the same time, it is true I have other good qualities, right? Because sometimes we respond with such an explosion because if someone points out one thing or one issue, then we will translate that to be, you think I'm a terrible person or I'm not perfect, but no one's perfect. It becomes this overgeneralization. So remind yourself that both things can be true. Like I can have good qualities and I can have things I need to work on. And so let me hear what this person is wanting me to work on 
without um, thinking it means I'm bad, terrible, unacceptable, a failure, right? It means I missed something or um, I hurt them in some way, I offended them in some way, or I overlooked a part of the job I was supposed to do. And so let me hear what that is so I can address it, right? So that I can fix it. So it is helpful uh, when people are giving you feedback um, as you're as you're listening to also ask follow-up questions to make sure you're getting clarity, right? To make sure you're understanding what is it that people are saying? Um, because, it, it, you know, if you don't understand it, you can't really apply the feedback, right? And it also gives the person the message that you're really listening. Now, uh, when you're asking questions, you want to ask in an open way as opposed to an argumentative way. What do I mean? If someone is telling me they didn't like something I did or said, right? If my tone is, what do you mean by that? Well, I hope you don't. Do you think you're perfect? Right. That's <laughs> that's not me really trying to hear them. That is uh, me uh, being uh, angry and defensive and going into attack mode. Right. Or defense mode um, versus. You know, even if I said, to be honest, this, the feedback has taken me by surprise because I didn't realize either you felt that way or I didn't realize I was supposed to do it that way. So can you explain to me, you know, what, um, what you wanted or, or what you thought was going to happen um, that I did not uh, do, right, that I did not complete or, you know, so... There, in my tone and in my content of my language, that I am seeking comprehension, understanding, um, as I think through, like, what does this mean? What is my, how do I understand what is being said, right? And then to make sure that you're getting it, um, you want to actually try to offer back to the person you know, that, you know, what I, what I'm taking from this is, or I want to make sure I'm understanding you correctly. Are you saying in the future you would like blah, 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 right? Um, that's really important for both of you. Cause let me tell you, some of us, instead of getting angry, when people give us feedback, some of us feel defeated and are quick to apologize but actually don't understand what is being asked of us, right? So some people, you can't tell them anything because they're never going to apologize and they're going to deflect and argue. But there are another group of us that get so hurt that other people are disappointed in us that we become emotionally overwhelmed and quickly start saying, sorry, 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 without really hearing what is the feedback so that we don't land in this place again, right? So you want to try to really communicate back what do you understand them to have been saying. Now, here's a part that uh, many of us would overlook, and that is when people have said something, even if it was hard to hear, it can be helpful to say thank you. You know, thank you for letting me know, right? Because a lot of times either in a work environment, 
if you don't get it the first time, sometimes they'll just take your assignment and give it to someone else and not give you a chance to grow or develop or in a relationship. Either people will stay silent and you think they're happy, but they're really miserable or they'll just break up with you and not give you an opportunity to fix it. So when people are willing to give you the feedback and have the hard conversation with you, you know, that's that's a gift. That's emotional maturity. You know, that's an investment that, you know, I either want this relationship to work or I want you to succeed in this job or I want you to do well in my class. And that's why I'm telling you on your next paper, you know, this is what you need to do to make it better. Right. So. Um, so thank you. Right. And, and I appreciate that when whether a student, a client, a family member, a friend who was not only able to receive it, but to actually appreciate that, you know, uh, someone took their time to share with you, like what could be helpful to you. Right. So when it is um, helpful, you can uh, give appreciation and thanks. And then, you know, you want to try to follow up because I will tell you. So I have a great friend who she's like the queen of taking feedback, right? <laughs> if I give her any kind of suggestion, she is on it. Like she is very serious about like constantly trying to better herself and grow. And so like she's not going to let the grass grow under her. If I say, oh, you know, next time you might want to blah, blah, blah. That next time she's on it, right? And not just from me, but just in general, she's very open to feedback, which is why she's constantly like growing and improving, right? So I bring that up because someone like that, you don't mind helping or or sharing because you know it's not going to be wasted versus, you know, if you give feedback to people who just either say, yeah, 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 like they nod and, and quote unquote listen, but nothing has changed. Like they don't take it in then the person who gave the feedback may be less likely to give it next time because like, why bother? This person is not open. They're not going to apply it. So I bring that up because um, if you really appreciated what was shared, even if it was difficult, um, you want to then apply it and demonstrate um, that you are, are not just going back to the old pattern, right? Even though it's hard, you may not get it perfectly, but like you remember the last time that your parent or partner or sibling told you this. And so then you are mindful, okay, in our next interaction, I want to make sure I do this or that I don't do that. And then people like feel heard that you didn't just nod at me, right? But that I actually see it in action, and that can uh, really be helpful in your growth and in the relationship um, as a whole. So I am uh, so glad that you all are thinking about your growth and being open uh, to taking in feedback and uh, being able to calm ourselves so that uh, we don't respond by either uh, just shutting down or responding in anger. Um, and then I will say, uh, just because I am open to feedback doesn't mean I'm going to, um, I'm not going to do what everyone always recommends, right? Because, you know, to be honest, 
you can never please everyone all the time, but I'm going to at least give it thought. I'm going to give it consideration as I decide, okay, that's helpful. That's what I want to do. You know, that one, I hear it, but um, I don't really agree or I don't think that's the best path. Um, so open to feedback doesn't mean you have to agree with everything, but that I'm open to considering it as I um, weigh it, as I decide, as I reflect. You know, so just a closing example, I'll tell you when I when I teach classes, students have different styles of learning and different ways they like uh, a classroom to run. In graduate school, um, a lot of students like learning through discussion and by hearing kind of the stories of their classmates and um, kind of reflecting on that in, in, in their readings, right? So if you have a lot of discussion for some students, they're going to say, this class was wonderful. Like I learned so much about my classmates. I connected. You know, this was incredible. Some students don't like discussion. They would like the professor to sit up there the full time and lecture, 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 because they feel like, you know, I don't want to hear from my classmates. That's a waste of my time. I just want the professor to talk. They're the person with the information, right? So those are two very different desires from a classroom. So whichever way you go, someone is likely to say, I didn't like it because either there wasn't enough discussion time or there wasn't enough lecture time. Um, so you take it in and you may decide on some kind of balance between the two or you decide what do you know in your experience and your expertise and your knowledge, perhaps reflecting with other uh, professors, reading about teaching, you make some decisions, right? And you go forward with that. Yes. So I want to make it clear that while I am saying being open to feedback, it doesn't mean that then I'm floating in the wind, that then whatever anybody tells me, I have to now become that. Right. But I will consider it. And I don't mean lip service, consider it that I will really digest it. I really think about it, you know, and be thoughtful as I decide how I'm moving forward. I am grateful for you all being a part of this community and excited about our growth. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home.